you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 141 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today I'm going to be going over how the A's and Astros stack up overall heading into this ALDS, and then I'm also going to get you ready for game one starting on Monday at one o'clock, I believe. Uh, I got starters going for you guys. I got everything that you need to know coming up here in this episode, so uh, get ready for that. Also, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to lockedonathletics at gmail.com. But before I get going, I do have to do my my sponsor for this episode, and that is Built Bar. The new and improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also got their 12 original flavors, and the one that's speaking to me right now is definitely peanut butter brownie. And as always, with all these flavors, all the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars. And all these built bars that I've been talking about all this time, they are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, and all the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So if you want to take advantage of all of these things that I've been talking about, all you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, that is one word, LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so let's get talk about these Astros here real quick. Uh... Not a fan. Don't like him. Jason's coming with the hot takes this week. Ooh, watch out. Um, So basically, the Astros' plan of attack in their series against Minnesota is not going to work in a five-game series against Oakland. They also got a little bit lucky in Game 1 with a defensive miscue by Minnesota that should have ended the inning, but instead loaded the bases. Uh, Sergio Romo, vaunted closer Sergio Romo, he walked in a run, and then Brantley drove in a pair, so that's how the Astros got their four. Um, in game one, Houston threw out Zach Granke for four innings and then followed him with Framber Valdez, and uh, he he utilized his curveball really well. It's a pretty solid curveball. Byron Buxton struck out on a hanging curveball in the middle of the plate. I don't know that the A's are going to be doing that, but we'll see. Um, also, he's not in the plans as of yet. He might be a game three, game four starter, uh, or... Maybe they're going to do some uh, some smoke and mirrors again. Uh, I, I don't think that they will, but maybe they will. Um, analysis. <laughs> Anyways, he worked four, uh, five innings after Zach Greinke went four, so that's how uh, that's how they got nine. In game two, they started out with Jose Urquidy, who went three and a third innings. They used Brooks Raley to get the final two outs of the fourth, and then they went to Christian Javier for three innings before turning the ball over to their closer, Ryan Presley. Uh, so they had a very straightforward plan of attack. It's, we're going to use like these couple of guys, and not in big situations. Brooks Raley, he's probably not going to be getting big innings. He's going to try and close out an inning here and there kind of thing. Um, So basically the first thing and the most obvious thing is that the Astros are going to have to get more innings out of their starting pitchers. They can't just let them go one and a half times through a lineup or two times, maybe two times if they're shutting everybody out like Lucas Giolito. But um, I don't know that they're going to be able to follow this same plan um, unless... Maybe they maybe they do, and they're like, "Hey, if we can win this game, this series in three, that's our only shot. So we gotta go, you know, 
all, all hands on deck and just go for it. Um, I don't think that's a smart strategy, but it's something that they could do. And the only reason that I mention it is because I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Minnesota Twins were not expecting it to happen. So I'm just trying to cover all bases and see what the Astros could be thinking going into this. Because uh, I do feel like they're going to try and smoke and mirrors their way to the World Series if they can. And I don't know that they, because they don't have the depth to compete with the A's, I don't believe. The longer this series goes on, the better the A's chances are. Uh, the A's got to get to the starters in each game, get into that bullpen, because you're going to be facing a pitcher that they do not want on the mound each game if you can get the starter to go five or six innings. So that is the plan of attack. Uh, I'll touch more on that stuff a little bit later, but I do have one more final note on why I wouldn't do this if I was the Astros. I'd try to beat the A's straight up because, you know, hey, maybe we have more postseason experience or something like that. But um the reason that I don't think that it would work out well against the A's is the A's have seen these guys. They know what Christian Javier's curveball looks like. They've hit it before. They've hit it really well in the past. So I don't know that you can do that against a team that's in your division. You're going to have to play them more straight up, I think. That's my opinion, but uh, you know, whatever. So if you're the Astros, you want a quick series is basically all that I'm saying right there. They had an advantage against the Twins, and they took advantage of it. Uh, <laughs> advantage, advantage. Uh, good writing, Jason. Uh, the Astros have been successful in the playoffs, and the Twins have now lost 18 straight games, and the Twins hadn't seen many of the current Houston pitchers before, so they were definitely at an advantage with experience and also uh, trickery. The lack of experience coupled with the cloud that hangs over Minnesota is just a perfect recipe to steal a series from the higher-seeded team. So it, did they impressed me by beating the Twins? Not really, no. They didn't score that many runs. Their uh, their pitching was good, but they can't do that again. So sure, uh, prove me wrong. Don't prove me wrong. Don't put this on a bulletin board. Don't prove me wrong. Uh, I could edit this, but I'm not going to. Uh, the A's got rid of the monkey that has been on their back. And not even just like this current iteration of the A's, just the franchise is back for almost 20 years, except for 2006. But, you know, still, there are teenagers that have not seen an A's playoff series win. And now they have. So the A's got rid of their monkey. And I believe that now in this series, they're going to be looking to exact some revenge on the Astros while putting the, the monkey that had been on their back fully in their rearview mirror. Uh, I, I feel like the A's are going to be playing a little bit more loose and we're going to see more of the Oakland A's that we've been accustomed to seeing in the regular season the past few years. Um, both teams are going to be amped up for their series, obviously. It's going to be a close series, I think. And on the season, the A's took 7 out of 10 from Houston with, and all three of Oakland's losses were in 7-inning double headers. So if you take out double headers... Uh, the A's did okay, actually. They went 6-0 in like nine-inning games against the Astros. And that's a plus because, as I've been saying, I don't know that the Astros have the pitching to get through an entire five-game series uh, if they're going to try and mix and match everybody and, you know, throw out Cy Sneed and others. Uh, sorry, Cy Sneed. You seem like a decent person. One other tidbit again for their series against uh, each other this year. The A's outscored Houston 38-25. to Obviously, the A's are going to be outscoring the opponent when they win 7 out of 10 games. But uh, that, that basically means that the Astros didn't score, if you go just divide by 10, they scored two and a half runs a game against the A's pitching. Uh, that's not something you want. So even if they turn it on a little bit, are they going to be scoring four runs? Is that going to be enough to beat the A's? I don't know that that's going to be enough. So uh, that'll be fun to keep an eye on. And to that point, the A's actually held the Astros to two or fewer runs in seven of their 10 matchups against each other this year. And that's probably the blueprint that you want if you're the A's. Just hold their bats at bay and uh, do what you do. And similarly to the uh, the uh, the White Sox series, you don't necessarily want to get into a battle of the bats with this team. Uh, the Astros are healthy again, so we're going to be seeing their full lineup with Correa and Bregman and uh, Altuve, who's been 
okay. Uh, Springer has been decent. And then, you know, Brantley's the underrated guy that you never really want to face. Yuli Gurriel has been struggling, struggling, but, uh, you know, he comes up with the big hits against the A's a whole bunch. So they're healthy again, but they also, the, the stars have not had a lot of the numbers that we've seen from them in previous seasons, but uh, they're still a good team overall. Uh, well, they come up with the big hits. That's going to be that if the White Sox had come up with the big hits in their big spots, A's don't win that series. So if the Astros take advantage and it's a similarly played series, uh, the A's could be in trouble. But I like the A's depth. I like their bats head to head against the Astros. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. And I don't know how much weight this one holds overall because it's coming from just two games uh, when, when the Astros and uh, Twins played. But if you go over to their baseball savant pages and their game feed, which tells you exit velocities, hit probabilities, and launch angles in real time, uh, it looks like Jose Altuve was popping balls up in game one and then just hitting balls on the ground in game two and didn't record a hit. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. It doesn't look like he's driving the ball very much. It looks like he's trying to hit home runs or trying to squeak something through uh, the infield and they had him played okay. So he, he hit the ball hard a couple times, but it was hard, you know, 60 degrees up in the air or, you know, negative one degrees down on the ground. So uh, he's not quite going yet and he's always been a force against the A's. So if they can keep him at bay, uh, I, I like that aspect of this series. Uh, Michael Brantley, Kyle Tucker, and Carlos Correa were the only players to swing the bat well in the series. And the Astros scored a total of seven runs in two games. And three of those runs came on an, after an errant throw in game one. So, uh, you know, that should have ended the inning and move, they should have moved on. But, uh, yeah, so if you take out the error, they scored four runs against the Twins. Granted, a lot of those came in big spots. They, they got their big hits. But still, four runs... If the Twins make a good throw to second base, that's that's all that I'm saying. Uh, and for me, if the Astros offense shows up and is scoring four to five runs a game, then I think that they, they'll be in business a little bit. If they're scoring two runs a game, I don't think they have any shot. Um, but against the A's this season, they average two and a half runs a game over over their 10 games played. And the the bats just haven't been consistent for them the entire season. And I know that Zach Greinke is not starting game one or game two, but if he does get into this series, they're going to need him to pitch a little bit better than he has. Uh, they, they had him go four innings in game one against the Twins because he, he gave up a run, but, you know, he'd been struggling a little bit. Maybe it's to give him some extra rest. I don't know. But he hasn't really been going deep into games. He's been getting hit around a lot. And uh, it's strange that they're not having him in game one. I, I assume that it's for the rest, as I just said. But he's your best pitcher, you think, right? You, you lose uh, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander's out with injury. And then you got Zach Greinke. That that was the big three. And now all of a sudden, uh, Zach Greinke's not going to pitch in one of the first two games in the division series. I mean, we'll see. It could work out great for them. It could bite them in the butt real quick. We'll see on that one. Um, another key for the Astros, they're going to need Lance McCullers Jr. to come out and dominate and go deep into the ball game. He, can, he has to do both. He can't do, uh, you know, seven innings and give up five runs, but he also can't do, you know, five innings, give up a run and be at a hundred pitches. He can't do that either. So he's going to have to do both of those things uh, for the, the Astros to, you know, not have to use their bullpen as much because that's another one of the keys for the Astros right now. And for me, I think that the Astros have enough tools to mix and match against teams to make a series a headache. But if those two guys do not show up, then they're going to have to put a bunch of runs on the board. And uh, they haven't done much of that this season. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how everything plays out. Uh, 
One last thing before we move on though, these two teams played close games all season long, which could be another advantage for the A's. If Houston has to use one of their reliable guys like Ryan Presley to keep the game close, then the way the series is formatted could mean that those guys won't be available the next day. And they, I don't, from my vantage point, I don't know that they have more than three, maybe four reliable relievers that they're, you know, relying on. Um, so if you can get them into every game or, you know, multiples of these guys each game, then I don't know how well they're going to be suited for if this game or if this series goes a little bit deeper. Like take Ryan Presley, their closer, for instance. Uh, he has pitched twice since September 20th. That is almost two weeks, two weeks, almost. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, so he hasn't been pitching very much, so he could be rested. He could be rusty. It's baseball is funny like that. You don't know which one you're going to get. Also, he hasn't pitched in three consecutive games all season long. And are they going to push it and do something that they haven't done all season long? Uh, it worked out with Liam Hendricks going almost 50 pitches in a Wednesday's win. But is that something you want to do with Ryan Presley? I, I don't know. So there, there's some things at play here to keep an eye on. I'm sure that they'll talk about it on the broadcast as well. Um, Obviously, I'm not rooting for close games at all, but there are some advantages that could lead to future success banked in if the A's do win some close games and the Astros have to use some of their better relievers. The A's have depth. They can use J.B. Wendelkin in a close game if they need to. Uh, it's not like Ryan Presley and then whoever you know has the same handedness as the batter that we're trying to get out. Hendricks can also pitch on three days rest or three days in a row if needed. So that's plus. So anyways, coming up on the show, I'll run down game one starters and get you ready for Monday's action. So stay locked in with Locked On A's. I'll be right back. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the United States and offer delivery from all of the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even need to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS and Android for free, browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked On. That is one word, Locked On, for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates. Download the Postmates app and save with code Locked On. One word. Welcome back to Locked On A's. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. And if you are already subscribed, please take a minute to leave us a rating and a review. You can also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter, by the way. So on Sunday, the A's and Astros announced their game one starters with Chris Bassett going for the A's and Lance McCullers, a surprise decision going for the Houston Astros. The Astros giving McCullers the nod is a very interesting choice, uh, given that Zach Rankin is widely considered their ace, but McCullers didn't pitch in the wildcard series, and he's their second best starter, uh, by my measure at least. And uh, so in that realm, it kind of makes sense. You know, get him into the flow of things. Zach Greinke also not pitching game two. Maybe he's available out of the bullpen, although that would be a weird way to use him. So real quick, the game two starters are going to be Shamanaya and Framber Valdez. Uh, we, we've seen Framber a little bit. He had a good start against him. I'll go over uh, that pitching matchup on tomorrow's podcast. Um, 
go i'll go over game one get you guys ready for game two and that's what to expect so again please subscribe to the podcast um so back to game one starters chris bassett is coming off of his superb start against a superior white Sox offense Bassett went seven innings, gave up six hits and one run. That run came after he allowed a leadoff single in the eighth and was pulled. And then Liam Hendricks gave up a two-run homer to his Manny Grandal. So uh, he didn't even actually allow the run. He just kind of got them to first base and then they scored. So uh, he did a really, really, really good job. And uh, he was offered the extra day of rest and he can go game two. He's like, no, I'm ready. Let's give me game one. I'm ready to go, you know, shut these guys down, shut them up a little bit maybe. That'd be fun. Uh, Astros still running their mouths. Also, Josh Reddick had this great quote to Brian McTaggart of MLB.com, and he was like, yeah, if we score some runs off their off or off their uh, their bullpen, I think we'll be in pretty good shape. And everybody's like, yeah, if you score more runs than the other team, you're in pretty good shape, Josh. So hot takes coming from Josh Reddick. He's a, uh, a student of the game, if you will. Um, no love lost between myself and Josh Reddick. Anyways, uh, against the Astros this season, Bassett had two starts, uh, bookend starts, uh, first start and last start against the Astros, in which he went seven innings in each of those starts, gave up one run in his August start and zero runs in his September start. And uh, in between those ones, he went three innings. He gave up four runs in one of the doubleheader games in Houston. Uh, Bassett said uh, to reporters, uh, I believe the Athletic, uh, Melissa Lockard mentioned it uh, at some point in one of her articles at the Athletic, that uh, he wasn't mentally prepared for that start, uh, which had been delayed a little bit because he was supposed to pitch in Texas, but after the Bucks decided to sit out their playoff game and then everybody in sports kind of followed suit uh, for the Black Lives Matter protest, that start was postponed. He was moved back a couple of days. He started in Houston, said he wasn't ready for it. So he doesn't really count that start uh, as... A start against him necessarily so uh that's kind of the mentality that you want he's not hanging on to that one at all um some have been saying that the astros have been trying to just get through the regular season and then they can just turn it on in the playoffs but uh i i don't know that that's something that they can do necessarily as i said earlier uh they didn't necessarily do it against the twins they scored seven runs in total and four of those were actually earned and three of those came uh, on an error so there's that uh, I'm not necessarily buying that that tactic with Houston. Uh, and with all of their injuries, can they just turn it on this season? I, I don't know. You think that they would have tried at some point. Maybe uh, maybe they had maybe they need some help to turn it on a little bit. Um, just saying. Anyways, against Bassett this season, Houston has hit 239 with a 301 on base percentage. Both those aren't great numbers. Numbers in uh, offensively have been down in across Major League Baseball all season. So, uh, are they still good numbers? No, but are they more closer to league average? A little bit, kind of, but they're not. They're still below league average. Um, on the other side, Lance McCullers has had one start against the A's this season, and that was at the end of August. It was again one of the doubleheader games. It was actually the doubleheader that uh, Chris Bassett won three innings and gave up four runs. Um, he went six innings, gave up two runs. Only one of those was earned and he just handed the ball to the closer for the win. So, uh, he can't use that strategy again to get this win. They, the A's lost that game four to two. So it was still close, even though, uh, you know, it was seven innings and Bassett, uh, didn't have his best start. That was actually his worst start of the season. I would measure, uh, Tommy Lastella also didn't play in that game after just joining the team. 
So he gives the A's offense a little bit of a different look. And if he's going to start against a righty, Jake Lamb has was also not with the club yet at that point. Uh, the A's have a different look than they did in that first start. Chris Davis is also another guy that we could be seeing in the lineup in game one. He has the most experience against McCullers in his career. He is 5 for 19 against him with a 270, or sorry, a 263 average. And uh, he's also been hitting the ball pretty well of late. So maybe you want to take that and see what he can do against a tough righty. Um, also, you don't want to break him. So if he's in the lineup, cool. If he's not, okay, that's fine. Um, as a team, the A's have hit 307 against McCullers in in their battles over the seasons against him, and they have a 400 on-base percentage. Matt Olson uh, might not break out against McCullers. He is 0 for 10 with four strikeouts in his career against McCullers, and uh, so if he gets a hit against Lance, then maybe that's what sparks a nice little postseason run for Matt Olson. That would be a huge hit for him and a big monkey off of his back because he is still hitless this postseason. He's gotten a couple of walks, but uh, if the A's get Matt Olson going, that could be a key to... A, a very nice postseason run, maybe a deep postseason run, if you will. Um, plus, now that they've seen the Lance McCullers that is recovering from Tommy John, because you never fully recover. He's still recovering. It's his first full season. Um, I think that that could play into the A's hand a little bit better as well. Uh, the numbers against aren't necessarily indicative of the pitcher that McCullers is today post-surgery, but I do feel like they've seen him now once and they have a better game plan for him than they did in that August start. And then on top of that, just a couple of fun Lance McCullers stats from the season. In away games, he had a 7.33 ERA, and it wasn't just one game where he got roughed up a little bit, although that did happen. Uh, he also gave up four runs, eight runs, four runs here. Uh, he had uh, his last start on the road came against Texas. He did, he had a good game there, went four innings, didn't allow a run. Um, so there's that. Another another fun stat for Lance McCullers is that batters are batting 3.27 against him when they swing at the first pitch. So that's something that's interesting and also McCullers is pretty good against the lineup the first time through the order with batters hitting 163 against him the second time they're hitting 234 and the third time they've hit 302 so he's not going to be seeing the A's a third time through the order if I'm Dusty Baker for sure uh, it'll be interesting to see how the A's game plan for that though because he gives up a really high batting average on the first pitch but also you want to get him out of the game get to that bullpen and also uh, see if you can face him a third time if you can for a couple of batters at least. Um, so they're kind of counterintuitive, but maybe they do a little bit of, a little bit of both on that one. Uh, try and jump on something in a good, uh, in a good situation, but otherwise try and work the count against them. Have Lestella work the count, have Chris Davis hit a dinger on the first pitch. You know, that, that maybe that kind of thing. Um, the whole key for the series is going to be the Astros bullpen. There are runs to be had against most of those arms. And if the A's can get an Astros starter out after the fifth, or the sixth inning consistently, I think they have a pretty good chat in this series. Also, the longer this series go, the more it favors the A's. I'm going to keep saying that. And uh, just before I get out of here, I had one random thought, and that is something that I kind of mentioned before, but I'm going to go a little bit more in-depth with it. Um, and that is, since the Astros probably know that their likelihood of a series win diminishes the longer this series goes, could they use a similar strategy to the one that they implemented in Minnesota? Is that something that they're considering doing? Uh, you know, going with tandem starters where they go Lance McCullers and then Christian Javier or something like that. Um, is that worth it for them? It would not leave them a, a backup plan, an emergency plan if they got to a game five and they're like, well, I, I don't know. We're going to basically bullpen this game at this point. Or they go McCullers for a couple of innings and then bullpen. Um, it, 
but it would get set you up for you know the first three, maybe four games if you need it to, and uh, that that's not a terrible strategy. I don't know that I would do it, but it's something that I think that they would probably consider. So it's something to think about, especially if the Astros keep playing like the 2020 squad as opposed to previous versions of the team. Um, but you know that that's what I'm going to leave you with today, you guys. I'll be back to talk about game one before you know it. So until then, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Let's get a win in game one. Keep wearing those masks and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.